Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Annie Daly is the author of Destination Wellness, Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are. Annie is a fourth-generation journalist based in New York City, a former editor at Self, Yahoo Travel, BuzzFeed Travel, Cosmopolitan, and Good Housekeeping. She has written for Afar, Condé Nest Traveler, and more. She lives in Brooklyn with her husband. Welcome, Annie. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And we're going to discuss destination wellness and all your learnings about wellness from all over the world. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I loved your story. Well, actually, why don't you start out by telling people who are listening about destination wellness and sort of why you did it, what it's all about. And then I'm going to go into what I liked and stuff. (laughs) Sure. So ultimately, it's about my personal journey around the world in search of well-being and happiness. And the idea came about actually from my job. I was working as a wellness editor at a big wellness magazine in New York, and I was just inundated with products all the time. Every day, they just kept getting sent to me. And ultimately, I just became disillusioned with the idea that wellness meant something that you had to buy. And it really, it became a journey for me to figure out how to define wellness in a way that wasn't so associated with products. And I had sort of known from previous travels that it's not necessarily like this in other places around the world. It's not so commercialized, especially in the wellness industry that I was so entrenched in, in my job. And I just sort of decided to apply that global outlook and go on this journey to interview people about how they defined well-being in in a less commercial way. I love that. Well, this whole podcast is about how to feel better in your body. And wellness is so essential to that. And of course, it's so easy to get hooked by all these simple tricks, like take these vitamins or do this or do that. And I feel like the perfect moment in this book was when you were sitting at coffee. I want to say you were like in Midtown with the he wasn't a rap star, but the star, the, what kind of music? Anyway, the music. Oh, that you Chronics, lo- the reggae. Yeah, reggae. The, the reggae yeah, artist. The reggae yeah. artist. And you were like, yeah, so I hear you love yoga. And like, are you going to go to any yoga classes? And he was like, you can't go to yoga. Are you like, you do yoga. You are yoga. It's such a different mindset, right? Exactly. That was, that was honestly one of the big moments that, that inspired me to start this journey because thinking about yoga in that way, The fact that I had asked him that question, the fact that I thought that yoga was something that you had to go to, it really made me think like, wow, why, why am I so entrenched in this, this idea that 
wellness means boutique fitness classes and wellness means these products and these lotions and all of the potions and everything. Whereas he was just like, yo, you have it all wrong. <laughs> like the, wellness is a state of mind. It is a, it is a state of being and you don't need to, you, you can't go to it. It, it comes to you. Wow. I've always thought that way when I'm like, I don't do yoga that much, but I'm always like, I'm so stressed about getting to yoga so I can like lay there on the ground and do nothing at the end. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like so silly, which is probably why I don't do yoga anymore. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I can't, it's like too much of a stretch, you know? Oh, so I think I had a line in the book that was like, it's so ridiculous. We're all so stressed out about being late to relax. It's true. Yes. You said it much better than me. Yes. Stressed out, l- late to relax. That's it. The other, yeah. yeah. Even to like a massage, like, oh my gosh, we have a massage. It's like tw- 20 minutes. You got to get there. It's like, what's going to happen? You're like going to miss one minute of a massage. Anyway. I know. But yes, this sort of culture of rushing and squeezing it all in. And, you know, you even point out in the book that we take all these indoor exercise classes that now just simulate being outdoors instead of just oh, being yeah. outdoors. <laughs> right, exactly. It's I mean, all of these things they're so easy to get wrapped into it and hooked into it and and just convinced that this is the way that you need to be. And then the minute that you free yourself of that notion and that idea and you begin to see that you can get all of the same benefits for free. <laughs> It's a, it's a very freeing idea. It's, it's revolutionary. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I also went through this whole period of time where I was really into spinning. I don't know about you. I feel like I tend to like pick a workout and then I do that for a while. Then I move on to the next. Anyway, I was like in my spinning phase. And after a while I was like, I was like on the street or something and a biker passed me by. And I was like, I might actually be really good at bike riding right now. <laughs> Like yeah. maybe I should like try to race or something like what I'm building up this useless skill of sitting in one place. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it takes somebody like you going around the world to bring, shed the light for the rest of us. I love your yep. whole notion, by the way, of like the house vibes. And that's why I was commenting about your plants. Cause I just like, love. oh yeah. So I want to just read this one part from which section was this in? I think this was still the Jamaica part when you were... I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Before we yep. take off. House vibes is Jamaica. Yeah. So you said city life is hard with everyone. Actually, let me start one sentence earlier. Surrounding yourself with plants at home also helps create what Michael refers to as a bubble of vibes, AKA your own little urban oasis sanctuary. Quote, city life is hard with everyone rushing around doing things. So you have to just build your own little world with your plants and your music and your cooking, he said, as I nodded my head. Yes, yes, yes. I am a firm believer in the magic of house vibes. For me, that means filling my apartment with green plants and cozy twinkly lights, lighting incense and crisp white candles and turning on uplifting music, usually reggae. Let's be honest. As soon as I walk (laughs) in the door. (laughs) I love that. I just love it. It's so funny how it's like the whole idea of how they do things in Jamaica of like planting and and eating in that certain way from plants, which is like started this whole sort of movement can go leap across the world and end up with like the plant in the back of your zoom. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so true. I really love that idea as well. And just to back up a little bit to explain to listeners who may not be familiar with this philosophy Jamaica is so basically I traveled to six different places around the world. Jamaica was one of them. The others were Hawaii, India, Norway, 
Brazil, and whoa, wait, am I forgetting? Wait, Japan. Japan. Did I say Japan? You didn't say Japan. Okay. Yeah. Woo. Jamaica, Norway, Hawaii, Japan, India, Brazil. Yes, exactly. And basically in each in each place, I tried to focus on one or two philosophies that were sort of embedded into the culture that we could all learn from. And the one in the philosophy in Jamaica that I focused on is called ITAL. And ITAL is basically, it's the Rastafari way of natural living. And it actually has a bit of a dark history. It is rooted in colonialism in Jamaica. Rastas were shunned by the colonialists and they had to flee to the hills in the Blue Mountains. And in doing so, they developed such a strong connection to the land because they were up there and they, you know, they had to grow all of their own food because they were shunned from society. And so that's the origins of this idea. It has since sort of evolved into this, you know, it's a vegan movement. It's a, it's a vegan lifestyle that really prioritizes avoiding all processed foods and tapping into this visceral connection with Mother Earth. And what I love about that House Vibes anecdote to bring it back to that is that Rastas originally, they lived in the hills in Jamaica, but now they are sort of spread all around the world. And so that quote comes from a Rasta that I interviewed in Brooklyn. And I was so curious because I had I had been to Jamaica and I saw them living off of the land and, you know, being so in tune with farming and growing their own food. And I just sort of wondered, like, how how do Rastas do this in Brooklyn when obviously you're you're not like living on a farm? And so that quote gets to the idea that so much of growing your own food isn't even just about living naturally. It's actually just about living on your own terms and sort of taking this moment to remove yourself from society and being self-reliant. And so that's the art of that quote. And that's what I love about this entire wellness philosophy is that it points to the idea that we we all tend to get so involved with eating naturally and eating organic and like making sure that we're eating in like the most healthy way possible. And that's all well and good and definitely something we should be focusing on. But also there's this whole other part that says that when, when you're eating these fresh foods, what you're also doing is you're removing yourself from supporting all of these big commercial brands that might not be serving you. And so I really like that duality where it's like, it's, it's focused on the nutritional benefit. Yes. But it's also this other deeper, bigger way of thinking about eating. And I just, I think that's so profound and great. I should have started with that before going into the book. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, I was like, well, cause I was just, no, I know. Like, oh, I'm like, that probably makes like, sense. A lot. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, there's a, there's a lot of backstory to this quote. Yeah. Instead of me just jumping. <laughs> Otherwise I'm just, you know, floating around in incense, which is also great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were a lot of different 
points of the book where you talked about eating and different approaches to food and nutrition and everything. And I was really interested in the Ayurvedic section where you talked about how it cleared up your adult onset acne, which by the way, I loved that you talked about in this book because women do not talk about it. I mean, well, frankly, nobody talks about it, but like so many people have to deal with it. And it's just so awesome to read about and to have you like talk about your insecurity about it. And did you debate putting that in? I feel like that was like one of the more personal moments of the story. It really was. And thank you for bringing that up because it's definitely like, as this book is coming out, I, you know, I'm thinking about like what people will be reading and it's like, oh man, that section, like, I really think about that section a lot because I admitted to the fact that I was pretty insecure in my 20s from this acne. And, you know, at that time in my life, I was working in women's magazines and I had these like high profile meetings that I had to be in. And it was a very like, you know, kind of on, I wasn't on camera, but it was like, you know, I was on and I had to be on every day. And having all those breakouts was really pretty traumatic in in a way. And, you know, my skin has since healed. I'm not even sure why, honestly, like maybe it's just age, maybe it's Ayurveda, maybe it's a combination of a million things. I think I'm a little bit less stressed now than I was then. Who knows? But yes, thank you for bringing that up. It was stressful. (laughs) It It was one of my favorite parts. No, it was one of my favorite parts. It's really great. I mean, it's just great. Like teenagers should know about it. Like that it, you know, it's just having the point of view and the perspective and that everybody goes through it. I don't know. Maybe this is like fodder for another spinoff book or something like your book. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's coming next. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it really could be because I think it's definitely a topic that people don't talk about as much. And there's, there's this idea that if you have breakouts that you are like not taking care of yourself, that you're like somehow this dirty person who missed the memo on how, how to care for your well-being. When in fact, of course, when you have that physical representation on your face, you're going to 10,000 more great lengths to try to get rid of it. So if anything, you're paying attention to everything you do even more. And it's like, you become obsessive, you know, like, oh, maybe it's, maybe I'm breaking out because I ate this thing. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's because of this. And so I'm happy that I included that if nothing else, so that I can reach somebody who may be struggling with this as well to let them know that A, they're not alone. B, it is not a representation of your well-being and your ability to take care of yourself. And C, that people see the whole you and that you think that they're looking at you, but really they're looking at your, your whole self. I feel like it's the perfect like example of how our bodies aren't totally under our control. You know what I mean? Like you can do so much. You can go to the gym, you can pick your clothes, you can, you can do all these things to control how you look, but then illness happens or this happens or that happens. And I don't know, this is just like the perfect, like, yeah, you know what? We're not in control necessarily and we can do our best. And sometimes you just have to go with it. I don't know. It teaches a lot, I think. Yeah, it really does. And even just getting back to the India chapter, what was so fascinating about that whole journey into skincare, basically just to just to sum it up really quickly, I, I wrote about this in the chapter that I went into Ayurveda, which is the, it's the Hindu philosophy of well-being. 
basically. It's a it's a whole science. It's a whole thing. And it is based on the idea that natural foods and everything natural is better than processed. Very similar to ITEL, actually. That's sort of a running theme throughout the book. And I went into this retreat that I went to thinking that I was a little bit scared because I have been so scared to put anything on my face. And that is definitely stems from all of these years of insecurity of about breakouts. And one of the things that was so interesting to me in India is that they encouraged putting lots of things on my face to help heal my skin, including fruits and milk. Like I put buttermilk on my face. I put papaya on my face. I put all of these natural ingredients and I went in thinking like, oh my gosh, I am going to have such breakouts. Like I don't put anything on my face. Like if I don't look it up on the internet and like test it a million times and make sure that it's legit, like I'm putting milk on my face. This can't be good. And lo and behold, I leave and my skin is shinier and just cleaner than ever. So go figure, you know. So where are you today with your whole sort of health and wellness and eating? And are you still doing the Ayurveda? You said in the book you were, but who knows? Mm -hmm. You are still doing it. And like what, in a typical, are you trying to get outdoors more for workouts? Are you, like, what of these lessons have you now implemented into your life? Definitely. So I think overall, one of the main points of the book is that it's all about these simple ideas of health. And it's, It's really about leaning into these things that bring us back to the basics. And that that goes in so many directions. That goes to hanging out in nature instead of feeling the need to go to a trendy workout class. That goes to connecting with your family. That is a huge part of well-being. And people don't necessarily think of that as a wellness practice. Like, Definitely, it's not, you know, it doesn't involve like lighting incense and creating a, a, a home of crystals, which that's all well and good too. But these are really, really basic ways to live and they, they're they so good for your well-being. So yes, connecting with family, going out into nature. Another philosophy that I loved was from Hawaii and it's called Nana Ike Kumu. And it basically translates to look to the source. And what that means is that I was talking to this one Hawaiian and I was asking him how he defined well-being. And he said that to him, it's about looking to the source. It's about knowing where you come from. And I love that idea because I think it's pretty easy these days to just live in this like surface world where it's so easy to, you know, go on Instagram and like, click, 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 click. And we're just, all of these devices are all around and you can so easily forget to tap into your roots. Whereas he was saying that when, when you're aware of where you come from, it contributes to this wonderfully holistic idea of well-being. And so something as simple as like asking your parents, like, Hey, tell me a little bit more about my childhood or let's talk about this like random uncle that I have that I don't really know much about him. And like, who's like random uncle Billy, you know, like, and it doesn't even need to be blood related either. It can be like, I live in Brooklyn. It can be getting to know the neighborhood, the history of this neighborhood and really tapping into that. So it's just, 
it's this holistic idea that we feel better in our present selves when we understand the past around us. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so are you going to, what are you going to do next? What's up on your to-do list? Are you going to write another book or what's, what's ahead for you? Well, I try not to plan that far into the future. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know is the, the basic question. And I think there was actually one section in the book that points to that as well. It was another Hawaiian philosophy where I interviewed this, this navigator and she was ultimately talking about how in the West, we we tend to really try to create our, our futures. And we think that everything is in our control. And this is such a product of hustle culture that we think that we can just map out our destiny and map out our lives and like do X, Y, you know, A, B, and C to get D. And, but ultimately, and this is, it's going to sound very, very hippie and it is a little bit, I guess, but she was saying that the philosophy that she believes in is that you really have to just quiet your mind and listen to everything around you. And there are all sorts of signs that you'll pick up on and you go with the ones that, that you can hear, but you can only hear them when you're silent and when you're away from the noise and when you disconnect yourself from the idea that you can create your, your own future. I love how you're saying that. So. And I can barely hear you with all the sirens like outside my window. I don't know if you oh can Oh my hear. God. Like, you're like, disconnected <laughs> noise. And I'm like, what? I know. Oh, gosh. Anyway. But, yeah. But so that was like basically a very long-winded hippie-ish answer to say that I don't really know what my future holds, but I am going to listen to the signs around me as I go and go with, go with them. Amazing. I also, I loved when you talked about like being on street easy and like looking at all different places of where to move. And I'm like, I thought, I, oh yeah, I was like, I'm always on street easy. Like every day I'm like, what about Miami? What about like, you know, what if our lives were here? I don't know. So it was nice to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, does anybody really know what they're doing? No, no. everybody's just pretending everyone's just scrolling street easy, like imagining all of the what ifs and the, the possible lives that we have, but you know, it's the, ultimately if you're really quiet enough and you're really in tune with yourself enough, you'll be able to tap into that inner course and see the direction that is right for you. It is probably not Miami, FYI, for me. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> then again, I don't know you well enough to fully understand why. <laughs> Just trust me on this one. <laughs> Well, I mean, I do know that you're a native New Yorker. Yeah. So. Well, yes. No, not to say, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe life would be fun in Miami. I mean, it sounds like it would be amazing. Who knows? Who knows? Next time I run into you, maybe I'll be there. Yeah, life life maybe. works in mysterious ways. Anyway, well, thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, sharing your wellness experience. I This was such a fun book. And my favorite part was like getting to know you in the book. So I think you should keep oh, writing good. about stuff that you go through and like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to travel to India. You could just, you know, could be like what's going on in your life now. I think you should keep doing that kind of stuff. But anyway. Well, thank you. That is so nice to hear. And I definitely will. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Annie. So thank nice you to meet so much. You. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.